0: CC. fantasy sports cards have arrived the crew explain the fantasy collection contest how to play what you can win and share their strategies for success coming up now what a cc
1: welcome to episode 27 of sports cards culture i'm chris instagram chris underscore hoj here with christina at christina's pc josh at cardboard underscore chronicles and nick at stiff arm Wax. fantasy collections, the topic of today Would you like to use your knowledge of the sports card markets to win a 2019 Prism Cello basketball box worth over $1,000 and a free year of Card Ladder membership? If so, then Card Ladder's Fantasy Collection game sounds right for you. That's correct. Fantasy sports cards. All Card Ladder Pro members can compete in this competition for free and not only win a box worth over $1,000 and a Pro membership for a year, But also, perhaps even more desirably, the winner can irrefutably demonstrate their intelligence, their cunning, and their mastery of the sports card market. Alright, so up first, let's sketch the basics of how the fantasy game works, and then a little later, we'll go into some strategy. So, here are the rules to help us set this up. Josh, from a basic 30,000 foot level... How does the fantasy sports card competition work?
2: It's pretty similar to fantasy football, fantasy sports as you know it. It's just for, for cards. Mm-hmm. So when we were launched the multiple collection feature, uh, we all kind of got this idea together, mm-hmm. and the idea was, hey, what if, you could, what if you could use one of those collections to kind of build a, a fantasy one where you get Monopoly money and you spend it on whatever you want and see how it performs? Because we always joke that, you know, everyone's uh, Warren Buffett in this industry, so we want to see <laughs> who actually is and so we we came up with this idea to uh you know make it a competition so you get ten thousand dollars of monopoly money you can buy whatever you want you don't have to actually buy the cards uh you just add them to your collection uh name the collection hashtag fantasy so that we can track it and see see who's the best we'll stop taking in registrations on july 1st uh right at midnight of june 30th and then we'll run the competition for a month see what happens
1: excellent Christina, yes. what are the prizes to the person whose ten thousand uh, dollar initial investment accrues the most over the month of July? What do you win?
3: We have a grand prize winner who receives two prizes. The first of which is a twenty nineteen box of Prism Basketball Cello Box, and then sealed. So. All the hits just keep coming for you. And then you also get a one-year subscription to Card Ladder Pro. Second and third place also receive bragging rights, but you also receive a year annual subscription to Card Ladder Pro.
1: And just to be crystal clear, yes. who is eligible to compete in the Fantasy Sports Cards competition?
3: Anyone who is a Card Ladder Pro member can compete in this competition contest of skill
1: and josh mentioned this i want to reiterate it the deadline to enter is june 30th at midnight june 30th at midnight is the deadline to enter josh is there going to be a leaderboard and if so how can we see it
2: yeah all the information that we went over is going to be available at cardladder.com slash fantasy and the leaderboard will be all on that page as well
1: can we look at other people's fantasy collections on that page
2: yeah we thought that would be a fun way to uh you know, to, to make this a little bit more intriguing is see if people cheat off each other's uh, score sheets. <laughs> so if you go to the leaderboard and you click on any of the participants, you can actually look at all the cards in their collection, see how much it's got up or down in value that specific day, just to kind of see what's been going on. It's, it's a pretty fun little way to make it a little bit more interesting.
1: Okay, now, Josh, I've noticed that several of the contestants on the leaderboard, they're showing up under the name Anonymous, which is completely fine. Cardlighter members are, of course, entitled to protect their privacy. But let's say somebody is Anonymous on the leaderboard, but they actually want to display a custom username. How would they go about setting that up so that their name displays?
2: So on your pro account, if you go to the top right and click on your, your account, it'll be a circle and then uh, under there, it'll it'll be an account option. Go into account, and then there's a there's a text input for display name, and that that is what will show up on the leaderboard. If you want to change it, just go ahead and change it right there. And while you're there, add your profile URL so that you can submit private sales, and we can we can verify those for you. So while you're there, knock them both out.
1: Good call. Okay, so. We are going to talk strategy, but first I want to get into a couple of the nuances of the rules. Some of these questions have come up already, um, and uh, hey, why is this a good venue, good format to spend a couple minutes and just getting into some of the the finer details of the rules? There, there is some interesting areas that could actually give way to some strategic plays. So let's dive into some of the nuances of the rules, Josh. Uh, Fantasy collections are due, as we said, by June 30th at midnight, but some people have already created their fantasy collections and they can be seen on the leaderboard. We know the rule is that you cannot add more than $10,000 worth of cards to your fantasy collection at any time, but what happens if you make your collection early and the value of your collection sinks down to $9,000 because you made some bad investments early on. What if it sinks down to like $9,000 before June 30th? Can you then go and add more cards to get your fantasy collection's value back up to $10,000 before June 30th?
2: Yes, you can. Yep. So I would I would hope that everyone has their collection right at 10000 or higher going into the competition because you can... I've been watching it every day, trying to make sure mine's right at ten. If because I've gone down three days in a row, and okay, I got to re-strategize here because I'm not doing something right. So you get a few days to kind of tinker with it. Good,
1: yeah. It's and it's like uh, like a free roll, free uh, like a little um, you know way to experiment and have and and get a feel for it because this is brand new, right? Like this has never been done before.
0: Yeah, and if you have a crazy price, like let's say you have fifty dollars, fifty dollars and two cents, whatever it is, mm-hmm. off. You can just put the filters and card ladder to find a card exactly the price you need to match $10,000. Good
1: points. Josh, I have a follow-up question here. So what if we have the opposite scenario happen and your collection value goes over $10,000 before June 30th? Are, are contestants penalized if their collection goes over $10,000 before June 30th?
2: Nope. it's That's free game. You and I talked about this, like trying to prevent all these different things and... You know we figured like if someone's smart enough to get their collection early and they're smart enough to kind of figure out how their predicted pricing works and some of these like nuances to our system then you know all, all the power to them because the more you know about the tool the more you use card ladder and and how the different things work within it how c- card values can fluctuate daily and, and weekly you know you're going to do a lot better
1: can contestants add more than one copy of a card to their fantasy collection
2: no so we we're not actually stopping that on our end we are if you try to add something and you it goes over ten you you'll get an error it'll just be like nope nice try but if you add something with multiple quantity we won't technically block you but i will be monitoring that uh on my end so if i see it and you end up you know you're on the leaderboard i'm just gonna have to message you and have you fix it before june 30th we'll do our best but just be aware that yeah if you have more than one quantity you will not be eligible
1: Good and it is clearly stated in the rules uh, that a you must only have one copy of a card you cannot have multiple quantity and if you violate the rules you're disqualified. Both of those rules are listed on the rules on cardladder.com/slash/fantasy. Christina, yes. The rules specify that quote only sales vetted by Cardladder end quote will count towards your score. Most people are aware that every data point in Cardladder is vetted by a researcher every night before being approved into Card Ladder's database, making it an incredibly accurate sports card price database. So what happens if a contestant tries to shill bid auctions for the cards in their fantasy collection in order to increase the price of their fantasy collection?
3: Well, first of all, let's be on the up and up, guys. Second of all, any shill auction, as any Card Ladder Pro member knows does not get into card ladder. We have a research team that vets every sale. As anyone who knows card ladder knows that whether it's relevant to fantasy collection or not, we pride ourselves in our data accuracy. So we're going to flag, review, and exclude any, any sales that do not meet the card ladder standards.
1: Very good. We definitely pride ourselves on data vetting. We've vetted millions of data points already. This is nothing new for us, but it has come up. uh, Jokingly, but it has come up. What if I just put these cards and just shill them? Good luck, because we see shill auctions every day. So, uh, This is the only
2: rule I wasn't worried about.
1: Yes. (laughs) Not going to fly. Okay, and Josh practically speaking here, let's say I'm a Card Ladder Pro member, I'm setting up my fantasy collection, I add the first card in, and I'm familiar with how to add cards to my collection. I have a normal collection on Card Ladder. Now I'm doing fantasy. Should I do anything differently? Like when it's you Because know, Card Ladder always prompts me to put in a price paid. You know, Do I need to put in anything specific there? Can I just put in whatever I want for the purpose of the fantasy game? How should I uh, enter cards into my fantasy collection?
2: Uh, put in whatever you want, but Strategically, it doesn't matter uh, if you just leave it the way it is, but the default, the only value we're gonna be looking at is the current value, not what you paid, when you bought it, et cetera. I
3: would recommend that you put in the day's value in which you added the card and the date you added the card to your collection. That way for your, like, competition like for your competitive streak you can see what your profit and losses are and you can kind of judge like are you close to the leaderboard are you farther away so you want to make sure that you have all of the advantage yourself
1: last question on rules before we talk some strategy josh there are a handful of rare cards in card ladder that have a predicted value and it's less than ten thousand dollars and the rules say that a card must have a current value in order to be eligible. For cards that have not sold at least once in the last six months, their predicted value becomes their current value on Card Letter. That's how Card Letter works. If there's not a sale in the last six months, the predicted value is substituted in for the current value until another new sale happens. So Josh, can contestants add a rare card to their fantasy collection that hasn't sold in the last six months and therefore its current value is its predicted value?
2: Yep. We already have someone that's done that and we've got like 200 something submissions and only one person found the one card, but there is a card that hasn't sold in six months that crossed that threshold yesterday and the predictive value bumped it up in value quite a bit. So that's a, a pretty smart move there. And I think you said it was six months, right? Six months where it makes the shift. So people are going to start digging it's a little bit harder now, probably.
1: Yep. Uh, very, very smart play, but bear in mind uh, to people playing that strategy Predict the predictive value will be superseded by an actual comp, um, but you know the predictive value is is aiming to reflect something approximating what it would sell for. So maybe that's not a big concern. But also the predictive value moves up and down any time that the card that it's tied to moves up or down. So just because a card has a predicted value, that doesn't mean that predicted value is just going to stay steady. That predictive value could go way down if the card that it's tied to goes way down, or vice versa. It could go way up, but there's very, very few cards that have a predicted value under 10,000. And like Josh said, a very enterprising uh, contestant has already exploited that advantage uh, very cleverly. So okay, now let's talk a little bit of fantasy competition strategy. Although no one who works for card ladder, of course is eligible. none of us and nobody who works for card letter is eligible to win this competition. We are all still competing for fun anyway. So let's talk a little bit about our own fantasy collections and how we settled on those cards. I'll talk a little bit about my collection first. Originally, I had three cards, the PSA 10 prison-based rookies of Mahomes, Baker, and Josh Allen. And the theory I had there was really simple. I just figured football cards would be heating up leading into the NFL preseason, which begins in early August. But then I realized that that strategy was way too conservative to have a chance to win this competition. (laughs) Given that there will be many contestants, I probably need a strategy that has much more upside and much more downside. So after the Bucks knocked off the Nets to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals, I cleared out my fantasy collection, and I loaded it up with $10,000 worth of Giannis cards. I'm gambling that the Bucks will end up going to the finals and winning, which hopefully, but it's not guaranteed, because we have seen historical examples to the contrary, but hopefully that would provide a lot of upside to Giannis's prices, because it would be such an... Uh, it's such an instance of exceeding expectations given the sentiment towards the Bucks going to the playoffs this year. All right, Josh, tell us about your fantasy collection. What cards do you have in there, and what is the theory behind it?
2: Well, I'm a big fantasy football player. I've been playing for years, and my strategy in fantasy football is to draft as many guys uh, as I can, that I feel have the upside to get get you a forty point game. I just feel like at the end of the year, it's always the team that has that like the guy that way exceeded expectations and blew up and had these monsters. You're never gonna win drafting safe players in the in the later rounds. You got to go for it all. But in this one, uh, I so my strategy was I just I went to the ladder sort and I uh, reverse sorted by monthly percentage change and I just picked all the cards that have like tanked the most in the last month, thinking, hey. Something's got to. If anything's gonna reverse, you know, maybe some of these like really poorly. And I try to pick like players based in those ranks that I thought, you know, could overcome these these ridiculous drops. I picked like a Jordan sticker, BGS eight. There's like a LeBron optic hollow PSA ten, which has gone down a ton in value. Uh, I have a lot of Peyton Manning. Oddly enough, his stuff is his like base stuff has gone down so much. Um, I do have a Giannis. I think I might even had a Trey Young in there, trying Mm -hmm. to. I was trying to mix it up. This isn't that strategy is not going to win either. I feel like you Chris you're probably honest something. You got to just go all in on one thing and and hope it just really pans out.
1: Yeah, and you know what would be really silly, man, is if I went all in on Giannis, the Bucks do win, but we have like a Mahomes Super Bowl <laughs> <laughs> situation where the cards right actually everybody floods the market with their Giannis cards and it actually ends up going down and I was right about the outcome but wrong about the card market. That you got you really have to be right about a lot of different things to do well in this, I think. Christina,
3: yes. what
1: is in your fantasy collection?
3: I took a little bit of a different strategy from you two. Um, I didn't know which sport would heat up over the month of July, and I was worried about the Mahomes Super Bowl issue. So I didn't want an active NBA player. Um, Preseason of NFL, like, it's never, like, the NFL cards, like, Football cards never went down after postseason. Like really? So I don't know if a preseason bump will really happen. So I chose one baseball card, one basketball card of a goat and one football card, all of goats. And then uh, with my remainder, I set my filter to the remainder of $135. And I just picked what I thought would be the best performing card of that range.
1: And who were the players? was shocked
2: how many cards were available at that exact price. I had the same. Yes. I had yes. I had two hundred forty yeah. bucks left, and there was like thirty choices.
3: <laughs> I was yeah. Like, what? yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. There was. There are cards. I had ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents left, and there was dozens at that price. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So.
3: So, I chose uh, Brady for our football. Oh,
1: big surprise.
3: Jordan for basketball. I'm
2: surprised
3: it's not I said non-player. Gotcha. Okay. And then non-active. non-active player. Like, not active.
2: And she said goat. And
3: I said goat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, I did. That's right,
3: that's right. I did say that. So,
2: Luca. So, baby
3: goat doesn't count. <laughs> okay. And then I chose Mickey Mantle.
1: Nice. That's nice. fun.
3: Yeah. So we'll see. Like I'll be having a competition within my fantasy of who can do better.
2: So it's like Amazon versus uh, (laughs) GME versus... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's fun. Okay.
1: And Nick, last but not least.
0: Yeah, I I was just trying to hedge my bets. That's why I went with the NBA playoff contenders that I thought, okay, the stars of the team, (laughs) which were horrible decisions. I had Kevin Durant (laughs) with like half of my budget okay, all right with four thousand still time though still time. yes yep. fortunately there's still time um and donovan mitchell like so, so i was betting <laughs> hed- and, and cards that were like so i was hedging my bets where i was like okay uh yeah and then with uh some baseball guys like wander franco his cards are. i'm not really following the baseball season but his cards are always seem to be doing well so picked him
1: nice okay Good, good so i gotta
0: redo pretty much all that though i'm, keeping, <laughs> no, the egg that in there. I'm keeping the egg in there though
3: <laughs> the wander franco is a nice choice because he just got called up on sunday to uh by the raise so yeah.
1: he did also mention quickly he does have the egg card in his fantasy <laughs> portfolio <laughs> so yes he does And hey, guess what
0: it was 99 cents when i put it in there and now it's seven dollars <laughs> It's seven yeah. ninety nine. Still, I have to take out my other cards, now, so I'll go back down to below 10000
1: Nice. All right. And so we've all discussed some strategies. Let me throw a few more out there. Um, first of all, Babe Ruth cards are on a heater right now um, in anticipation for a big-time auction that's happening in July of a PSA 9 1933 Gaudi Babe Ruth card that is projected to end in the many millions, perhaps six, perhaps more. Projected perhaps to be the highest selling sports card at public auction ever, and we do have in card letter thirty four Babe Ruth cards. Although a lot of them are worth more than ten thousand, Babe Ruth might be a place to look. Vintage baseball. None of us talked about vintage baseball in general. Uh, oh, you did. I'm sorry. Did. You have a Mickey Mantle. I
3: do. You, have a, Thank you, you <laughs> have a Mickey Mantle. Thank you. But Bob
1: Gibson cards. Um, lots of vintage baseball cards. Jackie Robinson cards have been doing well lately. So vintage baseball is an area to look at as well. Let me turn it over to the rest of you guys. Anybody jump in. Are there any other strategies that maybe you didn't play, but that might be interesting or that, that people might think about trying?
2: Yeah, I think that the the rare cards is an interesting play right now because, you know, this contest, people kind of think of stuff that sells a lot and like put, could potentially move up or down and they want to kind of gamble on it. But another strategy is to buy something that you're gambling on whether it actually sells or not, and does even have a chance to go up because it might not sell. And some of those might be the the big gambles, dice rolls that could pay off.
1: Yeah, I yeah. like that too. Um, especially if you know every month, PWCC and Golden have big auctions. Uh, Card Ladder Tracks, Golden Heritage, PWCC, eBay, obviously, and that might be interesting. We usually. When it comes to coverage of like golden elite auctions, um, an auction that does like 50 million in overall sales, Card Ladder traditionally has covered anywhere from 15 to 20 or more million of the of the golden auction. So a good chunk of the cash money that's being spent on golden auctions already has coverage in Card Ladder. So that's a really neat theory.
3: Keep your eyes and ears open about what's coming up um, and what's being sold in July that might impact the contest.
1: Good this is the first discussion of the card ladder fantasy sports card competition. It certainly won't be the last. We'll be revisiting this topic throughout the competition and uh, hopefully it's fun. Hopefully this is a fun <laughs> cost free way to enjoy the hobby for card ladder pro members and uh, I don't know about you guys, but it it's got me thinking about cards a lot more precisely. Than I have before, so it's pretty fun, uh, pretty fun game. That's it. and so have fun with it, and uh, you know, best of luck to everybody out there. That's going to do it for episode twenty-seven of Sports Cards Culture. See you guys next week.
0: Thanks for watching. Tell us in the comments section below what the crew should cover next week, and don't forget to subscribe. See you next time in SCC Sports Cards Culture.